But it's, uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, as we were studying uh, for this message, uh, I kept looking at it, and I've been looking at the Scripture for quite some time this week, and I really didn't know exactly what God wanted from it as far as what to preach uh, from it, but uh, it was pretty uh, clear yesterday. I couldn't put the message together, though. I tried my best to try to uh, gather thoughts on how to exactly... Uh, preach this. And I don't ever like it when I struggle for a long time. And really, I didn't get these thoughts together until my kids woke us up at about five o'clock this morning. <laughs> I said, I'm going to get up early and put these, uh, put these ideas uh, to, to, to bed here and, and have this laid out. So uh, Lord being our helper today, we're going to preach from the book of Acts chapter 27. Uh, the book of Acts uh, chapter 27. And we'll probably start around verse uh, 40 will work. Uh, chapter 7, verse 40, if you would, uh, please stand to pay reverence for the reading of the Word of God. If you can, Acts chapter 27, uh, verse 40. Acts chapter 27, verse 40, the Word of God says this, And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the, the rudder bands, and hoised up the mainsail to the wind, and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We thank you for the uh, peace that you've given each one of us that are saved today. Lord, I thank you for the blood on the cruel rugged cross of Calvary. And Lord, I, I thank you for allowing us to assemble ourselves together here this morning to sing, to study, and, and, and to preach your word, Lord, Father, in a way that's pleasing unto you. I, I, I pray, Lord, that we'll all obey you in all things, that we'll uh, use the Holy Spirit, Lord, Father, as guidance. And Lord, Lord I just pray that you'll uh, use this scripture, Lord, that you've uh, helped us study this week, uh, that we may be able to grow as Christians, that we can draw, have a closer walk with you uh, before it's everlasting too late. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. amen. <coughs> you can be uh, seated this morning. Now, I, I started with these two pieces of Scripture, but that's not really uh, the main focus of the message, but it's, it's a big part of it. Uh, to understand Acts chapter 27, you'll understand that there is a, a story of Paul uh, uh, going on a ship. And uh, pretty much why I went to verse 40 and 41 of chapter 27 is the focus of the message is about a, a sinking ship. So some of us are, are in sinking ships. Some of us go through hard times. And as we understand here, Paul and all these people that were on this ship, uh, uh, what happened here in verse 40 and 41 uh, happened because of what happened from verse 1 all the way down to 39. Uh, we have a sunken ship. We have a ship that's uh, been destroyed. Now, what sinks ships in our lives is different with every one of us. We we have things that we want to accomplish. Uh, we have goals and we all have desires. And, and Lord, help us. I'm not saying any of those things are wrong. I have goals and I have desires. But so many times uh, uh, those goals and desires sink. Uh, they never come to fruition. They <laughs> they never really blossom the way that I want them to. And a lot of those things are my fault. A lot of those things are things that I choose and uh, things that I choose to go by. So uh, the focus of today's message, we're going to be looking at 40 and 41. Uh, back in the rest of the chapter is why do ships sink? Uh, hey, this ship 
sunk. It went down. Everybody that was on the ship went down with it. And they got up on land. And if you follow up with chapter 28, uh, uh, Paul goes and gets on the island. And they, they all survived. Praise the Lord. But it all happened for a particular reason. And why do ships sink? Now the first place that we find uh, in Scripture, chapter 27, uh, verse 9, is where we'll kind of start looking at why this ship sunk. Now to help you understand why we're on the ship to begin with, is that Paul has been imprisoned. Uh, Paul has been in prison for two years. He's been, in, he's been in a prison, and they have decided to send him uh, to be judged. Now, he has to go before uh, the Romans to be judged. He probably doesn't want to be put before uh, uh, the philosophers and the Pharisees, because if he, he gets before those people, they're going to kill him. Uh, so he's been blessed to be sent back to the Romans, because uh, he is a Roman citizen, uh, to be judged for his crimes. Uh, and they put him on a boat, and praise the Lord, he's even got uh, two good friends with him. Uh, he's got his friend Luke that has traveled with him. Uh, he has another guy that I don't even want to try to pronounce his name because I don't believe I can too well. Uh, uh, it says it in verse 2, uh, Aristarchus or something like that. Uh, uh, these two people had <coughs> traveled with Paul extensively uh, and he had two uh, good friends on the boat with him. And I don't know exactly uh, uh, the point of the two friends with him. Uh, a lot of people believe that might have been the, to show and pretend that they were his slaves uh, and they were sort of lifting Paul up on the ship. And I don't know the exact reason that they got on the ship. Uh, uh, but we see that they sailed and they got into another port and they were, they were sailing with a centurion. And they got there to another port and the centurion commandeered another vessel that was going to take them sort of where they were going to go. Now we get to verse 9 and it says that now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. Now, to understand why ships sink, uh, we get to verse 9, and it says that the fast has already passed. To help us understand what that means, uh, it's talking of sometime around the beginning of October. It's talking about the fast, the, uh, the fast that was on the 10th day of the 7th month that you'll find in the book of Leviticus. Uh, uh, that's probably the fast that they're talking about. Uh, in between uh, uh, the beginning of uh, mid-September to mid-November is a time that these sailors did not sail. Uh, it was very dangerous. Uh, when winter was over, they would go back to sailing. Uh, so they were sailing in a time that was known to be dangerous. Uh, they were sailing in a time, why? Why would we go through uh, certain things that we know that they're dangerous, but we do them anyway? Uh, I, I believe just as they are here, a lot of times we're in a hurry. Uh, we're in a hurry to get things done the way that we want to get done. Hey, hey, my age group is the credit card group, the fast food group. Uh, we want things now. We want things answered. Uh, uh, my age group, I'm 32 years old. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Uh, I'm young by a lot of standards. Uh, I'm older by a few standards. But uh, my group, uh, we want things now as fast as we can. We, we want the same things that our parents have as soon as we move out of the house. Uh, we want just a nice a home. We want just a nice a job. We want uh, just a nice of everything. And we don't even realize to think of the 30 to 40 years our parents built uh, what they have, but we want it now. And a lot of the ph philosophy that we have today is we're in a hurry. With everything, we're in a hurry. Now, these people loaded up on this boat, and it says that there was a dangerous time, and Paul admonished them. 
It says in verse 10, he said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. And not only of the lading of the ship, but also our lives. Now, how often do we think about what we're doing is right, and nothing anybody says is going to change our minds? <laughs> I've been in that boat before. <laughs> this very same ship that Paul is sailing in, I, I have been hard set on what I wanted to accomplish, and no matter what anybody said to me, I was going to do what Zach Stone wanted to do. I was going to do what this old hard-headed young man was going to do in my life. When I was 20 years old, uh, my wife would probably 100% agree that I was hard-headed. Even at 30 years old, I was hard And I'm still (laughs) pretty hard-headed about some things that I want to do. And I I get a mindset of how many of us, uh, we get hard-headed a way that we want to do things, the way we want to see things happen. I'm hard-headed. I don't want to change my mind. I'm impatient like the centurion. And I need to wait on God. But waiting on God is too hard. I get impatient. I want things to immediately, I want God to speak to me vocally and tell me exactly what He wants me to do sometimes. Lord, why do I need to wait a week, a month, years for you to be able to show me what I need to do? I want to know now. How many times, you know, God does not work like that. I've never found in Scripture where God said He showed up and He said, if you don't do it now, I'm not going to bless you. I haven't found that. I haven't seen where God says, if you don't rush up and do this at this exact moment, I'm never going to bless you. That's what Satan says. Satan shows up and says, you know, if you don't do this, you'll never be anything. You know, if you don't hurry up, you'll never be able to work For the Lord, you'll never be able to be anything in your life. And the first thing that causes our ship to sink today is impatience. Not knowing how to wait, being in a hurry. Some people seem like they're in a hurry to be put in a casket. They want life to just hurry up and and go. They want their kids to grow up. Uh, Lord, help us. Uh, I know them old kids drive me nuts sometimes, but I'm trying to to just grab on to the love and the joy of them little children. The smile that comes across my little girl's face sometimes, even after she's done kicked me in the lips from pitching a fit and screaming for her mama. My little boy, even though he's a punk, he'll come in and he'll start doing math and he'll say, Daddy, I'm good at math like you are. And I'll get to talk about him about some of the things he does at school. Boy, that's some of the things we've got to hold on to and slow down. We don't want life to hurry by. Boy, I would love to be able to, you know, get them kids out of diapers. You know, we think about that. Lord, we want a promotion at work to get to that rank. And we don't understand the years and the time. We want everything to be in a hurry. And being in a hurry will cause more problems than anything. So not only, they they were in a hurry. But then we get to the next verse in verse 11. And we see that them being in a hurry cause them to do something. Now when I'm in a hurry and I want things to get done, I do this exact same thing. And it's good in some instances, but it's bad in a lot of instances. In verse 11, it says, Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. So what's the first thing they did? They got in a hurry. The next thing they did is they seek the advice of other people. 
I have done that more times in my life than I care to say. Now, I've already said that I'm, I'm hard-headed. And now to help you understand that I'm hard-headed, when I ask for advice, uh, I don't usually want your opinion. <laughs> Y'all understand that? If I ask you your advice, if I'm being no stubborn, hard-headed Zach, I really don't want your opinion. I want my opinion to come out of your mouth. Y'all realize that? How many of y'all guilty of that? We, we want to hear people's opinion, but if it's different than ours, we say, well, they don't know nothing, no way. <laughs> we say, well, we can't really trust them here. You see what they did the other day? Or right, look at how they live. Look at their life. If we, a lot of times we, we're so impatient, we're so caught up, and I'm sorry if I'm sounding like I'm just a person you don't want to get advice asked from, but sometimes that's the way I am. I may ask my wife, you know, what do you think about a doing this next weekend. She says, well, I got plans. And I'm thinking, well, that's too bad because <laughs> I want to do this. And she's thinking, yeah, that's how he is. He comes up and he makes up his mind. He wants to do something. He does it. Now, just as these people, just as the centurion had got in a hurry and had asked the advice of other people. Now, the centurion obviously was asking people advice that were experienced. They was asking the owner of the ship and the person directing the ship, hey, what do y'all think? And they say, well, hey, everything looks pretty good from here, buddy. Hey, we should just go ahead and go on. Our advice, we've been on the sea for so long. If you understand Paul, Paul's been in multiple shipwrecks already. Hey, if you think somebody ought to know what a shipwreck is caused by, it should be Paul. The people don't realize, probably this talking old Paul, that he's done survive two or three shipwrecks and then been tossed all over the place. He's the guy to ask. Sometimes we don't realize the experience that people have that's trying to help us. You know, experts built the Titanic. <laughs> Did y'all realize that? Experts built the Titanic, and it's in the bottom of the ocean. Uh, Noah, we talked about this morning in our, in, our, in our Bible study, he wasn't experienced in nothing, and he built the ark. He built something that housed all of creation, all the animals and his family, and kept them afloat for over a year before that boat stopped. That's the kind of guidance, that's the kind of things that God can do. Every year, people write self-help books. You can go to a store right now, a bookstore, or any kind of Amazon website, and you can find thousands of books on how you can help yourself. Do you all realize that? about how you can make yourself a better person. Now, thousands, if on probably hundreds of thousands of publications about how we can better ourselves, but constantly society gets worse. Does that make any sense? That we have all these publications, uh, we have all the Bible commentary, you could possibly imagine. Right now, I want you all to realize this, right now, we have the largest library in the world of things to study the Word of God with. We have them at our fingertips. I know because I use them. I have a phone. I have a laptop. And my goodness, if you want to search and study the Word of God, right now you can do it. You can find things written hundreds of years ago. You can find things written right now. I can find and read uh, uh, just on one chapter of any particular book. I could read all night long and the next day and the next day just on what we have. But yet, preachers are getting softer. Come on, bro. But yet, churches don't accept the gospel for what it says. 
But yet people still fall away. We seek the advice of others. And you know, those commentaries will only get you so far. I have a wonderful library of commentaries at home. I do. I love them things. My wife gave them to me for, I think, Christmas one year. And you know, if I have a tough time with Scripture and I'm, I'm having a tough time studying a piece, I'll pull one of those books out and I'll say, you know, this guy's a good writer. And boy, he paints a pretty picture. He is. But he cannot replace prayer. He cannot replace God. He cannot replace, even though I love that writing, He cannot give me everything that I need reading a piece of Scripture. I've read, like, I've read things in those commentaries I don't agree with. I said, that's not right. He, he's interpreted that wrong. <laughs> he doesn't, he, that's, that's not how I see that. Now to help, help us realize that we take the advice of others so far. That's how we should be. We take the advice of others with so much. You know, my mom and dad have given me advice over the years and bless their heart. A lot of times they was right, a lot of times they was wrong. My wife has given me advice and a lot of times she's right. I'm sorry, sometimes she's wrong. Hey, churches have tried to come to me and give me advice before and a lot of times they're right, a lot of times they're wrong. We don't need to seek the advice of other people. The advice that we find should be found through God's Word and through prayer. Yes, sir. That's where people make mistakes. They're in a hurry and they seek anything else but God to give them advice. Now, lots of people can get lots of problems here. We continue on in the Scriptures. We get down to verse 12. You may look at this and think of things certain ways. We may look at this and say, well, uh, uh, we, we want to seek the advice of other people. We're in a hurry. But I'll tell you something that we are very guilty of, and I am, is verse 12. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in. Because the haven, I'll say it again, was not commodious. Now, that, that's uh, commodious, however you pronounce that. That's a hard word to read. What it's trying to say is inconvenient. Because it was inconvenient to winter in. Now how many of us like the easy road? How many of us like the easy way out? I, I, I like it when I sometimes look at a certain way to do things. I do it at work. I would hope that in, in most of our, in our adventures and most of the things that we do, uh, we try to find ways it's easier to do it. Uh, and they're talking about you got to have a tractor to build a fence a while ago. Hey, uh, you know, that probably makes it a lot easier. Uh, I've used post hole diggers uh, until I had calluses all up my hands uh, and I have sweat all day long uh, digging holes with a fence post. Uh, I've taken a mattock, praise the Lord, and dug ditches uh, about a hundred feet long, about a foot deep with a mattock. I want you to know a ditch witch goes a long way on digging out a trench for you. Now we understand, we like the easy way. If I had a ditch witch laying around every time I want to dig a ditch, if I had an auger set up every time I want to dig a hole, hey, life would be grand. Life would be easy. How many of us look at things and we say, well, Lord, yes, Zach, I want to do it the easy way. Wouldn't we enjoy that? You know, they didn't always have ditch diggers. They didn't always have trenchers. They didn't always have augers. Before they had them things, they picked up a post hole digger. They picked up a shovel. They picked up a mattock. And they dug and they did it the hard way. Now, a lot of us like the easy road. Yep. I do. Yep, I do. Hey, you ain't got to say you don't. <laughs> 
We like the easy road. They were sitting there right here in this little place because the haven was not commodious. Well, uh, uh, this place we're sitting in uh, is a little inconvenient. <laughs> we're in a hurry. We sought the advice of somebody experienced. Uh, and also, uh, it's a little inconvenient. Where we're sitting at isn't the best place to sit at. We probably need to move on. Now, <laughs> I've already talked about my age group wanting to, now we want, we want to get things, we want to go ahead and get the answers. Uh, hey, my group, we definitely like the easy way. <laughs> we definitely like as simple as possible. It looks easy. It's relaxing. It's something attainable. It's something we can see ourselves getting. And sometimes, you know, the easy way is not the best way. I'm sorry to tell y'all folks, we walk away from things, my age group, because they become difficult. We do. When so many things get difficult in life, my age group walks away. We give up. Everybody enjoys the easy things, and hardly anybody likes the difficult things. Now, sitting in this old harbor here, sitting in this haven, because of the haven was not commodious, commodious, however you pronounce that, to winter in. The more part advised to depart thence. Now, we've got the easy road. We, we, we've got a lot of things that showing us how that ship can sink. But the next little part of verse 12 says, the more part advised to depart thence also. They sought the advice of experienced people, but the next thing they did was they listened to the crowd. They listen to the crowd. If you want to see your ship sink, just go ahead and listen to the people around you and the advice that they give you. Listening to the majority and following a crowd will cause your ship to sink. The majority of the people on the ship confirmed that they needed to leave. The majority of the people on that ship, now there's, I think there's 276 men on this ship. The majority, over 137, 137 folks said, yeah, that sounds good. Hey, yeah, I like his idea. Let's leave. These shit, this, this way's bad. The wind's not right here. I don't think we're going to do it. If you back up to verse 7 in chapter 27, the same chapter we're in, you'll realize that the winds had done pushed them the wrong way. They were sailing slowly many days. I believe they had traveled about 140 miles, and it took them about three or four days to get there. It should have been a one-day journey. The wind was not, uh, not doing good. Nothing was going right for them. They said, well, we're in a hurry. Let's ask the opinions of other people. And let's look at the easy way out. And now they've got to the majority says, yeah, let's go. My goodness, if I always listened to the majority in the world, I'd be doing everything wrong. The majority comes to me and says, why in the world do you want to pastor a church? <laughs> Y'all realize that? Y'all realize people say that? Y'all realize people look at pastors and they ask me all the time and say, why? Do you do that? And a lot of times I don't have an answer. I say, well, the Lord told me to do it, and I'm going to do it. And it's not the easy way. It's not the popular way. It definitely ain't the easy way. But it definitely ain't the majority way either. No matter what the crowd does or the world says, God should be the one that commands us to do what we do. It don't matter what the crowd says. It don't matter what the majority says. 
Do we listen to our pastor more than we listen to our friends? Do we pray and speak to God more than we ask the advice of others? Being a Christian will not make you win a popularity contest. I ain't won too many of them. (laughs) I I ain't won too many. A popularity contest is, yeah, everything he says is real nice and clean and peachy. No, sometimes what I say ain't too easy to listen to. Sometimes the things I say ain't real popular. We can't always listen to the majority. In verse 13, now I really like verse 13. It says, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had attained their purpose, losing thence, they sailed close by Crete. What does that mean? I really like to take some time and look at 13. 13 says, And when the south wind blew softly, now, the north wind is a violent wind. If you feel the north wind in this area, it means a storm's coming. When the south wind blows, it means it's peaceful. It means it's nice. It means it's perfect sailing weather. It means it's time to go. And what happened when they felt that? And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they said, well, this is a sign. <laughs> they said that, whoa. We, we just all was in agreement that we should leave. And did y'all just feel that south, soft wind? Sometimes the world is misleading. <laughs> Sometimes the things you see and the things that you think you see are completely different things. The people felt a soft, south wind. Now they took that offense, and what did they say? They said, God must be on our side. They said, they looked at that event and they said, Well, Lord, if you'll give us that soft south wind, uh, show us peaceful sailing. We know that we're doing the right thing. How many of y'all do that? Y'all say, Lord, if, if there's dew on the ground this morning, I'll, I'll serve you. I'm not using a simple things, but we say, Lord, if you send rain today, I know that you're going to bless me with this. Uh, Lord, if we'll do, I've heard of people uh, putting out a fleece uh, like Gideon did and waiting for the fleece to be wet. Uh, you know, that was wrong by so many means that Gideon even did that. Uh, that wasn't acceptable. People say, God, give me a sign and I'll do whatever you show me to do. Boy, if I set out a sign, I don't believe God would do nothing with that sign. I could set out a fleece all day long. You know, God ain't a, a God of a wham, bam, big fireworks and sprinklers and wetting the fleece anymore. God is a God of faith and of understanding and loving Him and reading His Word and praying. It's not a God of doing these crazy things in your house. How many people have done that? I've talked to preachers before. Lord, if you'll, if you'll just have a preacher call me right now, I'll start preaching. That's what they'd say. They said, I'm going to run till a preacher calls me. I'm going to run till I'm in church. And if somebody gets saved in church today, I'll go up there too. Lord, if you'll show the Spirit so strong in church today that I can't sit still, Lord, I'll go to an altar. We put limitations on God. We say, God, show us something. And that's what they was doing on that old boat. Most godless people you'll ever find. Oh, south wind's blowing. Did y'all feel that? South wind's blowing. Y'all 170 people was right. So many times we misinterpret events. That's what will cause our ship to sink. Is when we really think God's in something and Satan can be in the same kind of stuff. There is a lot of power in what Satan can do. Yes, sir. 
I've looked at a lot of times in old Egypt when Abraham went in there, excuse me, when Moses went in there, and he threw that old stick down, it became a snake. And what did the other sorcerers do? They threw their sticks down. I want you to realize what the Word of God says. It says their sticks became snakes too. Yeah. You, say, you say there ain't power in Satan. Power's got, uh, Satan's got a lot of power. Satan's got power that can mimic God and look a lot like him. It says that Moses' stick devoured the other two, and that showed the power there. But guess what? The magicians still turned their sticks to snakes. There was, there was a power about Satan that he can mimic and, and fool us. And the same way that they were fooled on this ship, we get fooled so many times. Now, in verse 18, the, ship, the storm came. And they got to verse 18, and the storm was so bad, even after they made all these mistakes, they kept on going. They got out there in this old storm and they started throwing things off the boat. I'm not going to read the scripture. You can read it yourself. They started to lighten the ship. Now, lightening the ship means you start throwing things overboard. Yeah. Everything you can get your hand, hey, throw it off the ship. We don't know if we can make it. You get over to verse 20, and after they done threw everything off the ship, uh, I don't know how long it's been going on at verse 20, but it says that they lost all hope. Now, it's the same kind of living that you can have. Your ship can be going on. You can make all the mistakes, take the easy road, listen to the majority, misinterpret events. You can do all these different things, and your ship's still going right into a storm. You go face hard times. The storm came. They started throwing things overboard. They started unloading all their problems, just like we do. We start unloading things, getting rid of them. It's too difficult. They lost all hope. Verse 21, what happened? But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. Now, Paul didn't stand up at this moment and say, told you so. That ain't what Paul's doing. If you read that, you may think, well, Paul's just being a told you so standing there. He's not doing that. He's saying you should have listened to me. You should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Now, I can't imagine what the 276 men on this ship thought when they're facing a, a situation where they've thrown everything off the ship they can throw to survive. They've lost all hope. And a man stands up and says, Don't lose hope. Have great hope. Have great peace. Hey, there's things that's going to be good. Have good cheer. There shall be no loss of you. Nobody's going to lose their life. It goes on to say this. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sir, be of good cheer. For I believe God then it shall be even as it was told me. Praise the Lord. We have to have the presence of an almighty God in the dark times, in the situations where we have to determine what we need to do. Everything that we do has to be focused on God. Now, what happened with this crew was that they made a lot of mistakes. Now, if you read down a little further, it says that they were in two weeks. At some point here, right before their crash, that they were in darkness, they did not see the sun, and they did not see stars for two weeks. 
A lot of us complain when we have one bad day. <laughs> a lot of us complain when we have two or three bad days. This is two weeks of lost hope, uh, thinking that they're all going to die. And Paul stands up and says, have good cheer. <laughs> the angel of God came to me last night and told us we're going to be okay. Ain't it good to know that sometimes it takes a man of God, it takes prayer, it takes the presence of an almighty God to give us peace? Boy, we overlook that so many times. We say, Zach, you preach that he's not the kind that shoots fireworks and, and wets fleeces. and does he? I'm trying to tell you, he's a God that fulfills his promises and he is a God that listens. Yes, That's the kind of God that loves us. Amen. God loved all these men in this ship. He sent his son Jesus Christ to die for those 276 souls, not just for Paul. Now, a lot of us would look, look at this and say, well... I understand him saving Paul, but there were all these bad, dirty prisoners on this boat too. It says even on one part that they thought about killing all the prisoners to lighten the load and throw them overboard so they wouldn't escape. That's what they thought about doing. But I'm glad that Paul, a man of God, was on the boat. Paul, a man of God, was praying and seeking God's guidance. And at the time he needed to, he stood up and proclaimed the name of God. He proclaimed what they needed to hear. If you want your ship to go down, follow all their examples. Yeah. What happened? It didn't matter what Paul said. At that point, they'd went too far. Yeah. They'd went too far. The ship was going down. Now, they didn't lose their lives. They just lost valuables. That was probably a ship full of wheat from where they had sailed from, and they had commandeered uh, probably a very expensive vessel that was full of very expensive uh, uh, wheat and grain. You all realize that when that ship sunk, guess what went down with it? All the grain, all the... Even Paul tells me, he says, go in there and cook you up some meat. Go in there and let's eat a whole bunch of food because I know y'all are starving. Uh, we've been fighting a storm for 14 days straight. Uh, and hey, they couldn't stop and take a break. Uh, they had to stay after that storm. And so he got everybody in there to eat. And what does it say? It says that they were full of cheer, I believe. It says, and he had thus spoken, he took the bread, gave thanks to God in the presence of them, verse 35. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And they were all of good cheer. In verse 36. And they also took some meat. They were still in the storm, folks. Yes. I want you to know, even though you see your ship maybe going to sink, you can still have good cheer. Boy, you still got the promises of an almighty God. We still got the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, and you may know that your ship is sinking. Uh, you may see hard times ahead. But I want you to realize something. You need to take it and give it to God. You don't need to take it to nobody else can ask advice. You don't need to be in no big old hurry. You don't need to take the easy way out. You don't need to listen to the crowd. And you sure don't need to be thinking things going on around you is making a difference on how it's going to work. You say, well, we're going to wait till we hear a phone call before we do something. Why? <laughs> I don't trust people. I don't trust people. I trust, I trust God. Today as a people... Paul, boy, he made some mistakes. He probably maybe should have spoke up more. No, I don't believe that. The people on the ship is the one that made mistakes. The centurion that said, we'll sail. The centurion that says, we'll go. The centurion, everything that they did was part of the centurion. He did it. He was in a rush. He needed to get things done. Everything that he saw that God showed him through Paul, everything he saw... 
knowing that it took multiple days to sail a short journey was very simple to see that it was not going to be good times. How many of you face bad times and it just bad times follow it? This weekend I was working on something other and it seemed like every time I did something I looked and something else was torn up. Uh, something wasn't right. I had to I spend a whole day trying to fix something that I should have seen to begin with. I was looking in the wrong places. How many of us are looking in the wrong place? You're looking in self-help books. You're looking for friends for advice. We're looking at all kinds of different avenues to get answers. The answer is from God. I'm glad that when God gives me answers, praise the Lord, it's never been, you know, hidden. He's never said to me something and shown me something that I said, well, that's not right. Or I said... Well, I don't know if that's right or not. I ain't never been shown anything from God where I wasn't certain. It's been very clear every time God has shown me something. I knew the day that I was bound and going to hell. I knew that day that I realized I was a sinner. And I remember it too. I don't know how old I was. I don't know the date. But I remember the day that I realized I was going to die and go to hell. I remember the day that I got saved. I remember certain things in my life that God placed in certain places. I'm glad that God will bless you and give you what you stand in need of if you seek Him. That's right. So many times we don't. We do big purchases. We go out of our way to go to certain events. We, we plan certain things. We go to vacation. I, I remember a vacation we went on a while back, and I don't, I don't know if this was the cause of it. I didn't really think a whole lot about it. We drove a car all the way over the other side of George and the car tore up. Hadn't had the car two months, it seemed like. Was that God showing me? Well, well maybe you shouldn't have done that. Maybe you shouldn't have did this. So many times that he'll show us exactly what we need to know. He showed those sailors exactly what they needed to know. Yes, sir. And they were too hard-headed to listen. That's right. As they get a verse of some song ready uh, this morning, I want you to think about Paul. Think about what you need to do in your life. How you need to change your approach today. How you need to change how you think about how you go to God or how you do things or how you make plans or, or how you do a lot of things in your life. I know that so many of us make mistakes. Come on, we talked about it this morning. I, I, I know that I make mistakes. I make them probably about every day. Probably once an hour, I'll do something. Yes, sir. But I'm glad that God listens. I'm glad that He can help me. Even though I make those mistakes, He'll help me right back up. Yes. Even though today that I may uh, do this, I may fall short, I may not be able to do the things that I'd like to do. He's still with me. Yes, sir. He's still guiding me. He'll still answer the questions that I need to have. Yes, He'll still always hug me and pull me in close and wipe my tears away. Yes, sir. He'll always be that one to do that. You know, the crowd never do that. The crowd will never do that. That's right. The opinions of others will never do that. Being in a hurry will never do that. I'm glad that we've got to listen to God today. If you want your ship to stay afloat, seek Him. As we, as we stand at what page?